0: Ringer Dish is the place for all things celebrity. From major celebrity moments like the Met Gala and the Oscars, to the weird habits of the stars you love, to refreshers on the biggest tabloid stories from the last 20 years, Ringer Dish has all the vital details. On Tuesdays, catch Jam Session with Juliet Littman and Amanda Dobbins for Royal Family Rumors, Celebrity Real Estate, and Industry Analysis. And on Fridays, listen to Tea Time with me, Kate, and Amelia for lightning-fast coverage on pressing celebrity news and gossip. Check out Ringer Dish on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to Your Happy Price with Priceline. welcome to bachelor party i'm juliette Littman. today i'm joined by someone who is really podcast famous danny pellegrino welcome to bachelor party
1: hi Juliet. thank you so much for having me i'm so excited we have lots to talk about we and i sure hope, do i hope your listeners are kind to me because i'm sort of newish to the world of the bachelor i watched the taisha claire dale season uh and it was wild um but that was the first time where i really like dove in fully to see what this whole Bachelor Nation is all about. So I might get some names wrong or some facts or details, but, you know, we'll... No problem. ...do my best.
0: <laughs> I get stuff wrong all the time. So people are quick to tell you, and you just got to move on, you know, take the L and move on. Right, um, right. Why did you start watching? First of all, I just want to say, sorry, I, I will ask you actual questions, but my friend from college, Claudia, texted me that she was really excited that we were doing this. So I just wanted to say hello to Claudia. Hi, Claudia.
1: Claudia. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, girl. She's a,
0: she's a long-time um, Bravo podcast listener, really quite early, honestly. Anyway, thanks, Claude. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm mostly in the Bravo world, so right. I mostly recap I recap Housewives and Vanderpump Rules and all of that kind of stuff. And so, I don't know. We were in sort of a lull with Housewives or Bravo because of COVID, mm-hmm. and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to dive in to Bachelor Nation. And did you enjoy for, it? I did and I I did and I didn't. I did. I mostly did. I mostly did. I think people told me I maybe came in in a bad season because first of all, it was the COVID of it all. I felt very claustrophobic at Lakinta Inn. By the end mm-hmm. of the season, I was like, get me out of the fucking Lakinta Inn. Excuse well, me. Can I swear here?
0: You can swear as much as you want. It okay. was so fucking hot. Even just thinking about everyone sweating makes me uncomfortable. I, I'm just like, this is not right for television. This is right. not an NBA game. No sweating, please.
1: And I understand that there was restrictions and they were doing the best that they could, but it just felt there wasn't a lot of space. Like, that when they were doing the hometown visits and there was, like, a cardboard cutout of a cab, I was like, get me out of here. I can't can't be here any longer. It was too much for me to handle.
0: That was a very controversial episode. Do you have any connection to the city of New York?
1: No. I mean, I love New York. Sure. Hell of a
0: town. Um, But Zach's New York date, caused a lot of problems for me personally in this world existential ones as a new yorker i was just the whole bagel situation i'm still still recovering blueberry bagel not a thing hard hard stance here just absolutely not um but you know zach and Tasha, they seem happy it was a weird season for many reasons like how much have you kept up with clarendale since
1: okay well i have a little bit i mean uh, peripherally, I loved the Claire and Dale of it all. See, because I come from the Bravo world, and a lot of the people in the Bachelor world were like, they hated Claire, they told me. And I was like, oh my God, I love the messiness of Claire and Course. Dale. To me, it was like so thrilling. And Tasha seemed wonderfully fantastic, but I was so attached to like the absurdity of the Claire and Dale of it all. that That was another reason why I think it was a weird season for me, just because... I don't think that was like a traditional path of a bachelor season. And I I missed Claire.
0: Claire, now that you mention it, I was in, in Housewives in the Same Breath. She's got the Ramona crazy eyes, you know? And so if you feel a kinship with the crazy eyes of Ramona, then I feel like you'd be uh, attracted to Claire as well. So yeah. I do understand that. Also, Claire looks like a housewife. She has the same sort of like... I've seen myself on television, so I'm going to put in a lot of hours in the gym and like maybe some tweaks as well. Oh, like she, okay. she looks what did like. She look,
1: wait, wait, did she look different than she did? Prior? She always
0: looked great. She always okay. looked great. There's no doubt about it. I think we also have to just understand that when you go on reality TV and you see yourself, you the natural response is to like change as much as possible. I mean. The New York trailer came out today, and uh, Miss Married to Married to the Mob she she's looking different.
1: Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, by the way, I'm looking at myself on a Zoom screen right now, and That's I'm horrific. thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, I need to horrific. go get <laughs> I need to go get a glow up or something. Um, uh, I, yeah. I keep
0: the like the touch up feature on at all times when I use Zoom. Wait, Do you know there's about a touch
1: up feature?
0: Yes, it's like a filter what? for your face on Zoom. Oh, yes.
1: What? How did I not know this?
0: I don't know, but... Okay, um, we don't
1: have to talk in detail about that, but I will be uh, emailing you as soon as this is over for the details <laughs> on how to set that setting up. Send
0: you a screen recording. <laughs> um, the other thing that was really about Claire and, and Tasha's season was, first of all, there was, it was split. It wasn't even split, but there was two of them. Um, and to your point about, like, feeling claustrophobic in La Quinta, the production team was so unaccustomed to being in one place for a long period of time that they were, like, really adjusting on the fly by the time we got to Matt season, there was definitely more grandeur and less of a feeling of claustrophobia, but it is shocking how much the different settings make a difference on The Bachelor. It's like week to week, they're in a new place. And I think on Bravo, they actually know that and they do a better job of like tricking you into needing different environments. And so like everyone luckily has a summer home. Plus, like there's so many different apartments in New York to be in and, and everything like that.
1: Well, and I think with all of these shows, not just Bachelor or Bravo, but even I watch Drag Race and a lot of these shows, I, I do think we the viewers need a little bit of a break. And I think too often they go into production right away and we don't have a chance to miss these people. And yeah. I mean, you mentioned the New York trailer, and it's like I, I had time to miss them a little bit. And when, when something like Drag Race, which I love, but... When these shows go back to back so quickly, like The Bachelor seemed to... I know one was The Bachelorette and one was The Bachelor. It's the same. But it just makes you feel like, I, I want to miss you. I like you guys so much that I want to miss you. And that, by the time I was done with that season, I was like, I, I need to step away. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was a lot. It's intense. Also... Two hours per episode is too much. It's
2: just
1: it's, way too much. It's way too much. I Let's and get down to 90. I, minutes. And I take notes for all of these shows. Yeah, so when of I was course. covering The Bachelor, I was like taking notes. I was like, this is, and I was still covering, I don't remember what I was covering at the time, but it was like, this is too much for me. I, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Potomac it was probably was Potomac. Yeah. Yeah. Pot-
0: Potomac. So I've never watched Potomac, but I'm going to get into it. How dare I you? Watched, I watched the reunion of this most recent season and I loved it. I was like, this is phenomenal. And then, it was the the Potomac reunion leading into Salt Lake was just perfection. I mean, I, it was a, a wonderful w- the transition. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. I love how they bring the husbands out for just like one segment of these reunions now. It's really mm-hmm. funny.
1: And it really made me laugh on Salt Lake City. Like the husbands, some of them weren't there like Mary's husband, they just brought in a like TV set and he was on the screen and that always makes me laugh. It's like when on the Wendy Williams show, she always has like a TV that rolls out now because mm-hmm. everyone's on zoom and it, it's just like, it's just so weird.
0: They're all trying to figure it out. Let's talk. Can we talk about the New York housewives? I just want to get Please. into it. Yes. So the tra- I love the it. Trailer came out today. Um, when did the last season air? I remember Dorinda got fired and she was seen around New York, like yeah, going out to lunch with people and, and talking shit about the show and like how she was not fired or something. But I, I can't, you know, time is so elastic now. I don't remember when that was like, when did the show last air?
1: Uh, it last. It ended when um, New York's COVID restrictions were starting to lift. So I remember they were the first Housewives to film in person again for the reunion. Oh right. So it was. I don't even remember when that was. It is May true. I, I don't understand time at all anymore. <laughs> but I. I think Dorinda has talked pretty openly about like she didn't know what to call it. It was like they. She. She was fired, but then. You know, it, Bravo does this weird thing where they like let the cast announce it and say that they decided to not return. And so there's there it's almost like a weird gray line because also um technically they're not they're they finish up their contract. So technically they're just not like offered a new contract. So right. It's this weird gray area. And I, I always laugh because anytime a housewife is gone, it's like, they don't even know what to say. <laughs> and then <laughs> they, they'll they say they stepped away, but we all know it means they were fired. Um, but then also technically it's not a firing. So it's weird. Sure.
0: So, so yeah, I guess that that was like May or June ish. And then, Um, This season just looks phenomenal. Let's start with Ebony. So Ebony is the new housewife. I just want to brag and say, Ebony has been on the Bakari Sellers podcast here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And she is like a very formidable woman and lawyer. And that this is like, you know, I think Leah, she's got like a real career, but I'm like very nervous for her to like be around these women. Like Ebony is a real person. Like, and you know, after twelve years of the show, like Luann and Ramona are not anymore. And I mean, yeah. They're like, how's this gonna cartoons.
1: go? Yeah, yeah, like they're fully cartoons. I think just seeing from the trailer, there's a couple moments between Ebony and Ramona that I think just look like fantastic. And I, I like the Roni always needs like a grounded presence. You know, Heather Thompson is back, and I, I. Feel Why is like Heather she,
0: back? I was shocked. I didn't know that oh was my happening. God,
1: I would I'm excited. About it. I knew it for a while, but he she um I yeah, she's I think she's more front loaded in the season. So I think she's like the first half, she'll be appearing a little bit and then I think she's done. But
0: Okay, but is this because like of COVID that needed to fill they needed some bodies? Like why is how did this happen?
1: I think a lot of people, myself included, Really do like Heather, and I think in retrospect, people looking back on Heather's time, they appreciate her more than they maybe did when she was on the show. I mean, she was someone who was confident going up against Bethany and and some of the people that you know. When Heather left, no one was really. It was hard for people to go up against Bethany. She's such a strong presence, and and so I think um, I think a lot of Housewife fans, especially like Roni super fans, they look back on Heather's time and they liked her and they missed her, and so. I think, uh, Bravo heard that and they were like, okay, let's bring her back. But also to, to what I was saying before, it's like, she's a more stable, grounded presence and that show needs it because they're filled yeah. with these cartoons. And so I think when you have a season like last season where it's just like chaos, when Bethany left, it just became chaotic again. And I loved it for different reasons, but it's like that show needs someone who's just going to come in and, and, and that feels like a human. And not yeah. just a a crazy <laughs> cartoon.
0: Um, I love Dorinda. Like she's like my ride or die. So when I Dorinda love her too. when Dorinda started being really mean, and I had to worry about what was going on in Dorinda's life, I was just like, I, I need, I need her to go. I was happy that her contract wasn't renewed because I love Dorinda, and I want her to continue being a real person.
1: Right. Right. No, I think it's good for Dorinda to step away, and I hope that they bring her back in some capacity. I think. Maybe in next season, I I could see them bring her back as a friend of the following season because she still fits in with all of the girls. But I I do think she needed a she needed a breather.
0: That's the thing that I miss about this show and all these shows from their inception. Potomac still has it. I think I like when they're actually know each other outside of the show. Like one problem that's going to come with Bethany and Ramona. And this is like maybe realistic to America in some ways is like those women would not encounter each other outside of the show. Right. and they haven't encountered each other outside of the show which is like bums me out cuz i like reality tv about crazy friend groups but you know i i do think that new speaker a real counterweight to wacky ramona
1: yeah look we all know on housewives sort of the uh, the whole idea of the show is these people are put together but you do need some connections that are natural and i feel like that was the main problem with the real houses of orange county this past season is it just felt like every single person felt like they wouldn't hang out with every single other person. It was like, I don't believe that Gina would ever hang out with Bronwyn. I don't believe that Kelly would ever hang out with uh, Emily. Like every single combination of those women, it felt like I don't believe that any of you guys would ever encounter each other or be friendly with each other. And so I think people could feel that the chemistry is just so weird.
0: Yeah, I I had to quit OC. I I don't like to look at over plastic plastic surgery face. Like, it's just, like, too much, and they all had it. I mean, Salt Lake, I still watch, but that's a different story.
2: <laughs> oh, I,
0: see. I don't I, know.
1: I don't feel like Orange... I mean, I, I, I don't think... I, I actually think Orange County, they look more natural to me. Maybe that makes me sound crazy, but to me, it's like Gina and Emily, I, I don't feel like they're... And even Kelly, I, I, I don't think any of them really... They don't feel that way to me, but I, I, li- I like it anyway, even if they do.
0: Orange County is just... I I've I watched from day one from the Housewives. I just want you to know. Like, I was like, wow, I had never been to California. And I was like, Kodo de Cazzo, what is this? Like, who lives behind the gates? And I was so into it when I was in college. I, like, saw on Facebook that, like, someone... Like, a guy who I had a class with, his girlfriend was from Kodo. And I was like, I need to meet this person <laughs> to understand what this is like. And this was, like, season one, 2006. And I was like... Just totally, totally blown away. So it's just it's just crazy how much OC has changed. It's like, wild. Yeah.
1: You know, I sort of feel like the middle seasons, I miss the glamour of it because I almost feel like now I'm I'm just I I don't know. I, I'm watching like regular people. I miss the glamour. Like I miss the <laughs> Heather DeBro years and and I like sort of like the seeing them do these procedures and stuff. I mean, this past season, the cast and it just I don't know, it felt weird.
0: Let's go back to New York. There's so much yeah. more in the trailer okay. to break down. So it's just yeah. quite, Heather, will she be friend of, or is she like, or is she like the woman Barbara a few a few seasons ago who just like showed up every now and then?
1: From what I hear, uh, Heather's in quite a bit of the early part of the season, and then I think decided she. I, I think the intention was for her to maybe either be like an official friend of, or uh, a larger presence. And then I think she she was on my show, and and it seemed to me like she, uh, decided to, it, it was like maybe a little too much for her. So I, I don't think they're calling her like an official friend of, but I do think she'll be in the, that first half quite a bit.
0: Wow. This is shocking news to me. I'm so excited. Yummy tummy back. We this see, Yeah. We see
1: it in the trailer. Her and Leah seem to get into it and she sort of alluded to that. I don't know if it's been on social media or, or her show or whatever, but she sort of alluded that her and Leah are at odds and And I think that she, it was just a lot for her to handle. Again, she's like more human presence, and I like like Leah and all these other women. But I'd imagine it'd be hard to kind of go back into the Lion's Den.
0: Oh my god, totally. Especially, you know, if they, I think they started filming in the fall because I remember they went to Salem. More of that in a second. You've kind of like been living in this weird suspended animation for six months with COVID, and then to like re-enter this crazy world after you like basically were having sensory deprivation is then like sensory overload i I can't even imagine if you're not in that headspace and you haven't been there recently
1: right and it cracks me up now that we're watching these shows and they're all like oh we've been locked up for three months we got to get on a girls trip and like the rest of us like we (laughs) didn't get to go on girls trips
0: (laughs) month 13 here we are
1: (laughs) i even left my fucking apartment for a
0: year All right. Salem, Massachusetts. This is where one of the trips is. I think they go on more than one trip. So they go to Salem. Have you been to Salem, Massachusetts?
1: No, but I'd like to go. It looks lovely. And I love the movie Hocus Pocus. So
0: Okay. Hocus Pocus is a great movie. I've been to Salem, Massachusetts. It is not a place I'd recommend you go in America. I'm not sure it, it cracks my top 50 destinations here in America. I have been. I like to go to historical sites. I've been to like every revolutionary... War site on the east coast Like for learning about history And stuff Um, I like even just like random Monument random like stones in the ground Of like this is where a battle was I'm like I've been There okay
1: oh my god I love that
0: Salem is not on the list My friend it is like uh, it's it's sort of like if Disneyland was committed to witches, but it was like the Disney version and no one had put any money into it in like 30 <laughs> years. So <laughs> I can't believe they went there. Also, did you watch WandaVision?
1: I did, yes. I loved WandaVision. Yeah.
0: Salem was just really having a moment. And I'm, it's I'm having a moment. sorry, I don't think it deserves it. I'm just going to throw it out there.
1: You know, I feel like I also just saw it on some other reality show. And, you know, on all these reality shows, it's like they do it on one show, like they do goat yoga on one show. And then it's like every fucking show we're seeing goat yoga. And so maybe Salem is going to be the new goat yoga or the new <laughs> axe throwing or whatever it is. And, you know, I, I've never been so I can't speak to it. But I I do like the the trailer did this interesting thing where it was like oh, making a, the Rony women a metaphor for witches. Like I think <laughs> Leah said something like... Um, you know 2020 is a bad year but at least it's better than uh better than
0: the Salem- yeah,
1: right um <laughs> but they, they seem to be doing like a little analogy there and it it made me laugh cuz it it's always funny to watch the bravo editors troll the cast
0: oh i totally the bravo editors are incredibly masterful yeah brilliant. at the beginning of the pandemic actually my like comfort when when things were scarier more more on the scary scale and less on the dull scale. I was like, you know what I need? And I was in New York. I still am in New York. I was like, I need to revisit New York of Real Housewives of New York. And I went back and I watched the show, seasons one, two, and three. The Glory Days with Alex oh, so and good. Simon. And... From the very beginning, these editors have just absolutely crushed it. I mean, it's just so good. It's so funny to watch Kelly Benzimo. It's still like the most absurd and entertaining thing in the world. I fucking love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, season three is my favorite. I think um, Sonia has the scene it, that was the Scary Island uh, yeah. season two, and to me, that three episode arc is like the best thing that's ever aired on television.
0: Most important gifts I have on my phone are um, Ramona. I think it's season five. Calm down, take a Xanax. Those are my and we've favorites. been through so
1: much with these women, Julia. I, I mean, it really, is they're, they've given us so much, and I love them. I know.
0: Them. So on the topic of Ramona, I've fully turned on her, and I now hate her. Me too. Where do you stand?
1: Yeah. No, she. I always said she was my all-time favorite housewife. I, I have said I would boycott Bravo if they ever got rid of her. But last season, I did start to turn on her too. And I'm hopeful that this season I come back around on Ramona. But, you know, we change every five minutes with these people. And uh, I'm in a a Ramona down spiral, if you will. But, you know, (laughs) seeing, I will be honest with you, like seeing her topless dancing in that trailer um, with like they all had the pasties on there. yeah, and Leah, yeah. And she looked so happy. I was like, okay, I'm excited to see her again. Um, But I did turn on her.
0: I, I'm. I think I'm done with her. Her. Her politics I can't stomach. I'm just like, nah. This is a pass. So I'm. I'm glad Ebony will be putting her in her place. It seems yeah. really it's once again not Ebony's burden to do so. But I'm right. looking forward to seeing that happen. Um, on the topic of Ramona, one thing that's I mean, really and been...
1: God, not not to interrupt you. I'm oh, sorry, but course. thank God we're also finally on Roni getting women of color. It's like yeah. shock. It's always surprising to me that it's like wait has why is it taking this long? Yeah. That was my problem, not to go back to the bachelor, but that was another thing that I was like watching it and my brain couldn't understand. I I would like talk to friends who were really immersed in this world and I'd be like, wait, so they've just never had a gay bachelor before? Like they've done a hundred seasons of this and there just never has been. Like my brain just couldn't compute that. I'm like, they they couldn't just give like one season to the LGBTQ community or 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 it was like such a, I know it was a big topic of conversation, like having more people of color in the cast. And I'm like, I just couldn't compute it. Like, why hasn't that happened yet? Like, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Um, You know, in New Zealand, I think it's New Zealand, perhaps Australia, The Bachelor had two women who met on the show and got together. Like two women who were like vying for the lead. But they were just like, yeah, we're together now. And it was like not even a big deal. I mean, it, it's just like the most retrograde show. I mean, it's it's tough, Danny. We've been talking about it a lot on this podcast. It's very hard to see the way forward if there's not like significant changes to the show. And not just like for like watching it, but like for being like it should exist. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's the most um, unrealistic heteronormative portrayal of like conventional family life or like leading up to family life. And the funny thing is it's like super... In some ways like super chaste. It's sort of like sex is everywhere in the show, but like never right. spoken about, and only like in euphemisms, and like everything about it is like really weird. It's a really weird world, man. And I'm in really, really deep. I it's super weird. <laughs>
1: My thing was like how what cycle are they on now?
0: So there's been 25 bachelors, and there's been, I think, um, 16 seasons of The Bachelorette. So Okay,
1: so that's Over, I can't do math. That's like almost 40 or 40 something. I don't see how one of those, uh, to me, even like this, they did the season at the La Quinta Inn that probably, it looked like it cost $500 to produce that whole season. (laughs) Like, (laughs) couldn't they do like a low budget where they have a gay bachelor or a lesbian or, or or just, just, I don't get it. Like, just do one cycle of that while they could do it while they're doing the, like the other cycle. You know, just if you're airing all of these shows, couldn't I I understand there's advertisers and ABC and all that stuff, but it's like they they could air it alongside or in between one of these seasons or something like that. I I don't get it.
0: Well, it's a great point. And I will say that, like, there's been so much pressure on them to have more um, people of color that they are doing two Bachelorette seasons in 2021 instead of the usual one. One woman is white, one woman is a woman of color. It's Michelle. And, oh, you didn't watch, but it's Michelle and Katie. Um, and that's for Matt season. And I do think that there, there will be more change, but I don't, I think that like when you, when you deviate from like heteronormativity, like it's like a house of cards, like the show cannot stand. And oh, so right. I think that there's, and as to your point, but like they spent $500 on Clay show season. It's like, there's just, there's not that much creativity that, that goes into the show. I mean, it, it's like, it's exactly the same every, every season. That's part of why it's become such like a punchline and like this sort of like meta joke about the show is because it's like every year it's exactly the same. And so the tropes are the same. And and that's sort of why it lent itself to being um, broken down. Like it was a sport because like very similar to how basketball games and football games have like plays that you can identify and trends that you can identify. And like, you know, there's always four quarters and there's always a point guard or a quarterback or whatever. The Bachelor and The Bachelor are very similar. It's like it's a very the the structure is very static, and the network and the production company have had until now no interest or incentive to change. But I I do hope that changes. And <laughs> can I it's ask just, maybe a stupid question? Of course, no um, stupid questions is it, here.
1: Is it more the audience sort of demanding this change, or is it uh, people from the show? You know, because I'm just, I'm loosely familiar with sort of what's going on with the world in terms of the push for diversity. <laughs> and I don't really, I can't. You're like,
0: I'm alive. I'm awake here in the world. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like I hear it. I know I, I'm familiar with, enough with it, but but I, you know, even covering that one season on my show, it, I would hear from a lot of people and I'm like, does the audience want the the push for diversity or is it coming from... Critics or or people who are on the show or or the network,
0: so that's a great question. I don't think the audience actually is the one pushing for it. I think a very vocal segment of the audience is pushing for it, but you know, Rachel Lindsay, who is a friend and a colleague, got like, I love her. Oh, I love yeah, her. she's yeah. amazing. She's the best. Uh, oh, you know her too, right?
1: Yeah, she was on my show, and yeah, when I was watching it, she- yeah. Yeah. She's when awesome. I was watching, I would like ask her questions. I'm like, what's going on here? Do we, like, what's happening with the?"
0: <laughs> and she'd always give you the real inside scoop, right? She's um, great. Yeah. So when Rachel um, had her interview with Chris Harrison and then he stepped away, she received so much hate. And like, there are so many people who are like, Chris Harrison's not back for the bachelorette. I'm out. I quit. And so I think most of the the audience is not clamoring for change, but there is a vocal segment that feels differently. And I would say bachelor party has fallen into that category as well. Pretty, pretty clearly that this is like absolutely ridiculous. And, and, and I think most credit goes to the women of color of this past season. Not, not most, I don't know, even know how to, you know, portion it out, but they took a really significant step while the show was airing and saying they, they stood with Rachel. They did like a coordinated Instagram post. Um, and then the men from Clacia season kind of followed and the, including some of the white contestants in both cases to show their support and desire for change. And they are just like, we stand with Rachel and like, we need to see change. And I think a lot of it is because of these, you know, bold contestants saying like, no more, let's change it. Plus, Several of them have been like, we will not go on Paradise if Chris Harrison is hosting. So mm. I do think that a lot of it is these really, you know, strong contestants being like, we have this platform now and this is a change we want to see. So I think a lot of it is is from them. And I also do think that there are some people at ABC and at Warner who know that this is wrong and want to make changes. So...
1: It seems like a similar a trajectory has been happening in the Bravo world. I know there's been a, a, a small vocal community of people who are like, these shows need to be more diverse. It's like for years we've just sort of accepted on in the Housewife world that, you know, Atlanta is an all-black cast and then uh, New, New York is all white or whatever. And it's it's where everyone's sort of eyes are opening a little bit. And I think probably because of the last year of where everyone's sort of at, it's opening people's eyes a little bit more than or a little bit more quickly than than they were before. But it it sounds very similar in that it's like people are, are asking for there to be some changes and to just, you know, come up with the times a little bit.
0: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, It means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com.
0: Do you watch Southern Charm?
2: I do. I do. I do too. Yeah.
0: I, do too. I have to say I love watching it. I find it to be like so messy. But I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this show. I'm just like, these are objectively bad people. Um,
1: this I think- past season was so tough, I thought. And, and, and you know, we talk about there being diversity, and I felt like it was weird. There's a weird balance that needs to happen. Like, yes, these shows need to introduce more people of color and stuff like that. But then I also don't think people want to watch it being shoehorned in and, and have to see people of color uh, doing all the heavy lifting and yeah, having like Leva
0: to, being the only person to like speak to you know Black Lives Matter as it's going on in the moment. Right. I'm sorry I cut you off. Carry on. No,
1: I, it's true though. It's and, and even um you know the real houses of Dallas they introduced an Asian cast member and and I, from what I understand behind the scenes she, they have been trying to get her on the cast for years. They finally uh got this woman and she's a doctor, Dr. Tiffany Moon and she, at the very first uh, episode of the season, she had to answer for one of the cast members who had released this anti-Asian video. And it felt to the viewer like, okay, they brought someone in to sort of do all of that heavy lifting. And now this woman has to deal with this huge issue when normally housewives get to come in and have a slow start to the season. Am I making, I don't even know if I'm making sense. No,
0: you are making sense. It's just sort of like, so she, this this woman shows up and then she's like asked to be like the the mouthpiece of, of like racial reckoning. It's like, it's really unfair. It's not, it's not her job.
1: I felt like she had two options. She could either uh, absolve this other cast member of this video that was released, uh, this anti, uh, or this racist video that was released. She could absolve her for that or she could condemn her for that. And it's her first episode of television and that's, sort of the two options, two lanes she had in that moment. And it's like, she just got here. and yeah. And the only reason she's sort of forced to do that is because she's the only person of color that's been on this show or or the, you know. And so that's troublesome to me. Um, you know, and I, I think down the line and hopefully as these shows continue to diverse, uh, diverse themselves, I think uh, we won't run into issues like that. As I hope much. so.
0: Yeah. I hope so. I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Vanderpump Enterprises. I like really love Vanderpump rules. Just side note, Lala's picture of her having just given birth. Is this is she just constantly contouring with her makeup? So like this is like the first <laughs> look of of a unadorned Lala? I was just like I had several conversations with several group texts about if she'd gotten plastic surgery, like, while pregnant, because she just looked so different.
1: I am so curious, like, what we're going to see of these births. Like, I do... I did hear they're filming, or they're about to start filming, but I would imagine they would at least have some footage from, the like, Lala's hospital visit and...
0: Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah. I I think we learned that they were like someone screen records everyone's like Instagram stories like that's like a job on like the production crew of Vanderpump Rules so for like evolution or whatever
1: <laughs> that'll be interesting to see you know and the the sort of setup of that show is it's a group of friends and now that group is totally uh, blown up if you will and so I wonder what they're gonna do with it I'm curious
0: so Stassi didn't go to Sheena's baby showers are they on the outs
1: yeah they don't like each other anymore.
0: Oh, what happened? Is this, is this off camera?
1: Yeah, I think it happened. There was some sort of issue where uh, Sheena had gone on like a a group a cameo type service where she was talking to like a group of people and she said something about, read like a Stasi text message or something like that. And apparently the text message wasn't, I might be getting some of these details wrong, but I, apparently the text message was a private text message. Nothing very... Uh, interesting in the text message but allegedly Stasi got upset with that and then so they've just been at odds and I, I think Sheena had said on her show or or in the press or something you know like they're just not um they just aren't meant to be friends
0: oh wow it's really hard when you when you have your wedding on video your first wedding and you're like god this person was one of my bridesmaids and now she's not invited to my baby shower it's rough. Super rough. Remember that um,
1: Sheena's first wedding was so good. Such good TV. Remember oh everyone had God. to like clean up after it. <laughs>
0: yes, it was great. <laughs> it was great. I, I honestly, I used to love Vanderpump. I, I do think this past season was really tough though. I mean, I yeah. it was so, so, so fake. But, the, but they're not working at the restaurant anymore. That's just, it's, it's, uh, it's hard. But this is the thing about Vanderpump Rules that I wish they had, had done is like, They shouldn't have committed to the people. They should have committed to the restaurant. Like, turn it into a sitcom, but it's a reality show. Or like a, you know, like a hospital procedural. I'm famously in favor of, famously to myself and no one else, but to myself, I'm famously very pro-recasting. Like, if an actor wants to leave a show, don't kill the character, recast. And I feel like they should have done that with Vanderpump Rules, Mm. where it's like, okay, you don't want to work here anymore? You're out. Sorry.
1: Right. Right. The last season also just felt like a series finale to me. So... It just felt like the natural conclusion, that last scene. I I, I thought, let's just, maybe it should just end.
0: What was the um, last scene?
1: It was, remember, they were all, like, sort of leaving pump. Um, oh, yeah. And they were all going off in their own directions. And Lisa got in a fight with Jax. Jax was like, it's my show. And she's like, it's my fucking show. And then <laughs> oh, yeah. it was a good ending to a really <laughs> bad season. But it felt like just, like... Oh, this could be a series finale, and and Whoa. it works as a series finale, but it's not going to be.
0: What's the all this Winter House that I've heard about? Is that happening with um the Toms and Ariana and some Summer House people?
1: They did film it. I don't think there is. A, I, from what I understand, they tried to get people from Vanderpump Rules. They wanted the Toms to go, and the Toms didn't want to leave their significant others for the mm. for the time being. So I don't believe there's anyone from Vanderpump. But I I think it's Craig and Austin.
0: Oh, and then
1: um, a bunch of the summer house people. So I think Kyle, Amanda, Sierra, Paige, um, Luke, and Carl. I think them, and I, maybe some new people that like maybe we don't know.
0: Oh, interesting. Are you more excited about that or the Housewives All Stars that's been rumored as well?
1: Um, I don't know. I I'll, I have to wait to see like who's in the Housewives All Star thing. I know okay. it was reported that like Luann and Sonia were filming. So I'm excited, but it depends. I, it depends. I don't know. I like that they're, Bravo's branching out. I think they're starting to realize, like, okay, time to mix things up a little bit. You know, ratings yeah. are sort of down. They need to spice things up a little bit. And I, The Bachelor world has been doing stuff like that with, you know, Bachelor in Paradise and all of these shows for a while now. So I'm excited for Bravo to just start doing different kind of stuff, and we'll see what works. Some of it might work, some of it might not.
0: Um, can I just tell you that Jacques... Of course, famous Jack. He's like my parents' neighbor. He lives like one block away, and I like see him Luan's on the. Street. Jacques? Yeah, Luann's Jack. I see him on the street all the time. Like honestly, all the time. And How's he does he look? great. Exactly the same, and also loves like attention. Like he he walks with, like his chin up, and when someone spots him, he notices, but like pretends not to, and like keeps walking. I actually haven't seen him since the pandemic started. I don't think maybe once or twice. So I don't who knows. But he lives one block from my parents, and like he does like some kind of like martial arts training outside with his trainer. And it's honestly thrilling. Like when I, like once I like followed him around a store, I was like, this is amazing. Oh, I and love he, that. he like definitely loves attention. Um, remember and- he
1: did stand up comedy on that. La- was it last season? Yes. He did like a stand. <laughs> it's like, when did I, Jock become a stand up comedian?
0: I couldn't believe he was back. I was like, Jock just won't go away. I mean, he'll he's Jock's for forever. Um, pretty, it's pretty incredible. um, so I don't watch Summer House, but I was I was like wondering what's the case for Summer House because I know people are really into it.
1: Right. Well, I love Summer House. The beginning of the season started off. I was a little concerned. I was thinking, is it gonna be good? But I, I they turned it around. And one of the most refreshing things about Summer House is especially right now, you can watch it and I worry a lot about the COVID protocol stuff, mm-hmm. and I I know I should let that go, but I can't. On watching Housewives, it gets frustrating to me. It's like sometimes they're wearing face shields, sometimes nothing, sometimes full masks. Like I don't understand it, and so half the time they'll be in a scene, and I'm I'm not even paying attention to what they're talking about because I'm thinking like what's what's happening here with the protocol. <laughs> but so Summer House, <laughs> they locked a bunch of people in a house. They got a bigger house than normal for this season. And they have a couple extra people than normal in like the main cast. And they're all working from the house. And it's very fascinating to watch. There, There's very clearly like some stir craziness going on. We're only a few episodes into the season, but it's like, imagine going from like a quarantine situation to now you're quarantining with people that are all your age and there's romantic entanglements and there's all this stuff happening. Uh, in terms of like the various relationships and they can't really go anywhere. And it's, it's, it feels a little bit to me like old school real world. And mm, we're even getting some it. of those. I love like the original real world where it's like, it's about the conversations and we're getting a little of that in Summer House too. So we get sort of like the more scripted pr- overly produced stuff. But then I also feel like we're getting. Uh, a little bit of that old real world where it just feels very natural and we're having interesting conversations and we're seeing people when they're not um, necessarily understanding that they're on camera. Like we see sort of these (laughs) shots of, I love, Summer House has been doing this from the beginning where it's like they have cameras set up in every room. So a lot of the times I think the cast is a little more natural than maybe Vanderpump Rules when they like prep for a scene to go sure. in and shoot. Sure. So uh I think Summer House offers a different kind of flavor than anything on Bravo. And if, if you're new to it, like start on season three, that's when it was sort of like softly rebooted and work. Is it's twins fantastic. Out. New twins were. Yeah. I kind of, I mean the first couple of seasons, like they're fine They're you know, if you're bored on a weekend, like they're fine, but it gets really good around season three and, and I think it's fantastic now. And we're in the, I think we're in season five or something, but we're in the territory of now like fame is coming into it and mm. playing a part. So like one, one cast member is seemingly more famous than another cast member. And so they're fighting about like the trash being taken out. But, I, but what I really think it is, if if you watch a lot of these shows, like what they're really arguing about is like, uh, Hannah is more famous than Kyle or, or Kyle is more famous than he, or whatever you know, like that dynamic is what they're really arguing about, and so
0: oh, interesting that's
1: fascinating to me.
0: Oh, cool! And they like all of podcasts, right? Like the whole cast of Summer House.
1: Um, it, Hannah has a pod, Hannah and um, Paige have like a right. together one, and then she has a separate one, and then they run this company called Loverboy, Uh, some of the other cast members, and so it's like the hard seltzer beverage, I believe, sure, which I just Oh, I don't have it near me. I just got like a Loverboy t-shirt in the mail. Oh,
0: <laughs> congrats. People are really into Summer House. I, I'll give it a shot. I like to just watch a, like a Bravo show, unless I have like a long history with it. I just like to watch like seven in a row and just like dive in, you know?
1: Juliet, trust me, like start with season three on a weekend <laughs> or like a lazy day, put on season one, episode three, or season three, episode one, and... And I promise you'll get addicted to it. And you'll okay. start to fall in love with these people. There's a woman named Lindsay Hubbard on there, and she
0: I'm aware her, of Lindsay. I, I just want to I, I know someone her. I know someone who's hooked up with Lindsay. So I'll just throw that out there.
1: Did they like it? Was it good?
0: I can I will not say anything more. Honestly. I would
1: jump in front of a bus for Lindsay Hubbard. I she like <laughs> to me, she's like the best kind of reality TV. Like she she's I don't wanna say I I don't like to use the word crazy, but like she's unpredictable and I don't feel like any of it's put upon for the camera. It just feels like this is who this woman is in the best of ways. I hope that, yeah, she's just wild. She's been on since day
0: ways. one, right? She's yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. She's right.
1: the only one, in my opinion, who was like kind of giving anything good for reality TV in those early seasons. So they kept her around. But
0: she's a publicist, right? So she like gets it she knows knows how to make it yeah, work but i don't
1: i don't think she does it for any sort of camera purposes i think it's like you you see some blow-ups with her boyfriend or with some of the other cast and it's like i don't think she's doing it. this season there was this whole argument with her boyfriend about like he wasn't making sandwiches enough for her in the house and it was she like got so many. how many sandwiches have you made me and she's they're fighting about it and it's wild but it's so good
0: that's really funny um how did you get into the Bravo world, by the way? Like, how did you, how did you arrive at this point?
1: You know, I watched uh, Housewives. I think I started with New York season one. And then I kind of went back and, and did Orange County. And and then as the new ones would come out, I would just, oh, I I loved Atlanta from the beginning and then New Jersey. And I, I just started to get really into it. And I think similar to The Bachelor world, we treat it like sports oftentimes. So I think it's like we analyze the trailers and the casting and, and it's fun for me. I I enjoy all of that stuff too, and uh, so I've I've liked it from pretty early on. And then I started. I, I was making a lot of like Bravo memes on my Instagram mm-hmm. account, and that was kind of what led to the podcast. I was like, I I, I might as well talk about my thoughts um, <laughs> instead of just making memes.
0: Um, on that note, I also want to talk about Jessica Simpson, one of your favorite um, memeable topics. How did that start? Were you a Newlyweds fan?
1: I was, yes, a- and. One day I just, I posted like a clip or something from newlyweds and and everyone on my Instagram was like, oh my God, I love this. And what I really early on realized was like everyone at some point in their life has been obsessed with Jessica in this weird way. (laughs) Like I I have straight men that would reach out to me and be like, oh my God, I, I like was in love. I remember my straight college roommate had her Rolling Stone cover up. You know like during those like D- uh, Dukes of Hazard days, yes. like all the straight yeah. guys were like obsessed with her, and then gay men, we've loved her since like her music career at the beat. Like we love the pop music, Jessica.
0: Boy, I think that I'm in love oh. with you. Um,
1: and w- women love the women love the newlyweds and the and the uh, fashion of it all. So everyone kind of has so good. Just loved her.
0: Yeah, my, my first concert when I was 12 years old was 98 degrees, and the opening act was Jessica Simpson with her backup dancer Ashley Simpson. It was so good. Take me um, back, Juliet. Oh, my God. It was that was a wonderful time. The Beacon Theater in the Upper West Side of New York. Um, I loved that show. Chicken of the Sea is one of the most um, classic, iconic, important moments of television, let alone reality television when she when she was confused about Tuna, um, just okay. so, so incredible. And that was just like a different time where like those were famous people, right? Like Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson were already famous. But like people didn't know what they were signing up for back then. They just they thought they knew, but they didn't really know. So you would just get these ridiculous scenes, and they were just like, they just let it all hang out. I loved it.
1: And I think now I'm not sure that that kind of show would work as much because now we have social media, so we get to see all the little parts of them. But back then we didn't get to see famous people going to chain restaurants, and that's what they were doing. We would see them at like the Red Lobster or whatever in the valley, and. It was so... Or we saw Jessica get her uh, eyes lasered. And that was the kind of access we never had access to back then because there was no social media. And so seeing a celebrity do things that we like to do was amazing.
0: It's kind of surprising to me that no housewife has really successfully launched something after her stint on the show on her own. Like, probably the two who who've come the closest are Nini and Bethany, Right. And, they and you know, there's plenty of these women who have, like, actual successful businesses. But, like, in terms of, like, being talent, has anyone really gone on to, like, do it on their own?
1: You know, I think Bravo does this. They know how to make good reality TV. And in that, I, I think it's, like, the best TV is when you question whether or not you love someone, right? So it's, like, yeah, they it's build someone up so you love them. And then they try to... They try to make you question whether or not, like, do I actually love that person? So then one season you love them, the next season they make you question that. And so we're on sort of this roller coaster ride with these women, and it's all very purposeful to make good TV, but I think that keeps the viewer a little bit at an arm's length and, and a little bit like uh, you can never fully... It's hard to fully become invested in, in these women. So then by the time they're gone you don't have as much stake in their lives. And so it is harder for them, I think, to to start a business or something because you remember a lot of the bad times and not just the good. Where, I don't know, back in the day on a reality show, they I don't know if it was as purposeful as that. Like, you could like a someone for, I said you could like a someone, someone <laughs> like Mario, <laughs> Super Mario. Um, what was I saying? But yeah, you could like someone for an extended period of time and, I, and they wouldn't. I don't think they were trying to make you go on that roller coaster as much. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And it it makes me think of Bethany, who like I loved at the beginning. Actually, season one, I was like, I don't know, she's kind of a basket case. Then I was really into her friendship with Jill and I was like, I love Bethany. And then, you know, she gives great interview. And a lot of ups and downs recently, I've just been not enjoying how she like tries to like land these takes since like Bethany whether you believe that or not like that's like not the right opinion. And then today they released this trailer. <laughs>
1: that's not the right opinion. <laughs> <It's
2: not.
0: laughs> and today they released this trailer and Bethany drops two bombs. Finally finalized her divorce. Here we are 10 years later literally or 8 years later actually. And she's engaged to Paul Burnin, this woman who famously said she's never getting married again. And I'm just like Bethany, What's what are you doing? Just like the I, PR team is
1: working. That
0: oh my god, why is she getting engaged? I'm like actually pissed about this. I, I thought this was one of her better opinions. Actually, like what's the point of getting married again, Bethany? Why
1: well, I couldn't imagine after what was it? What did you say? Eight years or how eight long years, was the divorce? It's been eight yeah, years it's like, of
0: divorce proceedings with Jason Hoppy, who I saw on the street recently with some. Other how did woman. he look? Um, I was like staring at him really hard, so I think he was like annoyed, but he looked fine. Julia, I
1: truly believe if you've never watched... Have you watched Bethany's spinoff show, The Bethany Ever After?
0: Of course. And I also I watched Bethany Ever After. And what was the other one? Bethany Getting Married. I watched yeah. both.
1: To me, that the arc of that show is so, one of the most fascinating arcs in television history. It's like you can literally see them by the end of Bethany Getting Married or by the end of Bethany Ever After. They hate each other. Hate. And it's like they're, they can't even hide it anymore. And... I, it's a social... I, I think it's a very interesting social experiment. It's on that Peacock network. And I always keep telling people to watch it because like, it is... You At the beginning, you'll like Jason, and then by the end, it's like, you just sort of hate everyone in a weird oh, way. you, and you all hate monsters. everyone?
0: You hate everyone? And it's like every cliche about, about a marriage between a, a powerful woman and a man who takes the backseat seems to be true. And it's like so upsetting. So you're just upsetting. Like, you're just like, yeah, Jason... Bethany became kind of a monster. She got more famous and she like demanded this tour bus. And Jason thought that he was okay. Like being like her CEO or whatever, like his, like her business person. And he just wasn't like, and and it crumbles and it's like, it's so upsetting, but it is just like, Bethany doesn't like treat people very well, but also you're just like, Jason, Jason, like grow up, like, I don't know. It's such a disaster. Julie's the real star. The yes, assistant. Julie. Yeah. Do you remember when she went on what not to wear? That was so exciting. And the makeup sh- the makeover show. I absolutely loved it. Love oh her. my goodness. i yeah. Um, are there any other Bravo shows you're excited about in the future? I'm like trying to like get recommendations to like really just deeply savor this bachelor interregnum. So I'm just like, tell me what to watch.
1: You know, I always love married to medicine. I recommend that to anyone. If you, if you're a fan of housewives to me, married to medicine is one of the most consistent shows on Bravo. So they've never had a bad season They're They give you really good drama. It's uh, the cast is either doctors or doctors wives. So there's like a, a good mix and um, it, it's fascinating to see them work, you know, you get to, especially this season, we're seeing these doctors work in COVID, which to me in a weird way is, is not as depressing as mm. seeing the women not use PPE <laughs> correctly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's yeah, how I feel. No, and it, I, it does. I uh, think it's great and the season is good, but every season you could start from season one and I, I think it's good. There's this like legendary fight at the beginning of season one uh, by a pool. That's just like, it's one of the best reality TV fights ever. And it, um, you know, the show's good. It's really, really good. So that, that I would recommend to anyone looking.
0: All right. Fantastic. I, I'm going to do Summer House first starting with season three. And then I'll just dive into married to medicine. Um, Danny, thank you so much for joining me for more. Thank morning. you for
1: having me, Juliet.
0: Yeah, of course. If you ever want to talk Bachelor, you're welcome back anytime. And um, I can't wait to, to continue to hear what you think about Housewives as it carries on, especially with New York coming back May 3rd. I'm so excited. Um, and then
1: I think Beverly Hills will be shortly thereafter.
0: <sighs> Here's the thing about Beverly Hills for me. I say it with such sorrow. I just used to love Kyle so much. And these shows get very hard for me to watch when I have to turn on the people I loved. And I just like Kyle Mauricio used to be my true North. And now I just, I, I can't, can't see them that way. I am excited to watch the Erica Jane stuff unfold. That will be great. And I also love Lisa Rinna. I mean, if I had a party with one housewife, it would definitely be Rena. There's no question. And also Harry Hamlin, very hot, but I don't know. Just the Kyle, the Kyle of it all breaks my heart.
1: Yeah, I get it. I'm a little nervous about the Erica Jane of it all. Like, if we're, I wonder how much we're going to see. I hope we see it all, but I don't think we will.
0: I doubt it as well. But I mean, that's like, if anyone's looking to do some kind of documentary work, that's all. It's the only documentary I want, you know? about right. like out a seven part it.
1: season. Yeah, a seven yeah. part series just about the Tom Girardi thing. None of it. <laughs> yeah, none of it makes sense. And so detailed. I do think we need like some heavy investigative work on that.
0: I yeah. completely agree. Check out Danny Pellegrino on his podcast, Everything Iconic. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back on Monday. With Anissa, I think, hopefully, from the challenge and challenge OGs and from um, Real World Chicago, Kyle Brandt's I'm so excited for mate. that OG
1: challenge. <laughs> Me I'm, too. Yeah, Me too. Wait.
0: All right, everybody, have a great weekend.